Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're back. Happy Sunday morning. Beautiful day here in Sunny Slope. A little warm this afternoon, but nice right now. So uh, great time to give us a call. We have the lovely Shira here on Phones and Music. All you have to do is call her at 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. Uh, questions, suggestions, ideas, all different kinds of fun. The little extra drum roll she threw in there for us. <laughs> We have to make her smile. Anyway, 602-277-5827 for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on KTAR, Eve and Cave, Cave Creek. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful. I almost said carefree, but Cave Creek and carefree, they're, they're so far apart. <laughs> Not really, but <laughs> I'm calling you today about saguaro cactus. I don't know if you know about them. Oh, a fair bit. So I have some on my property that I've lived in almost 20 years, and a couple of them um, look like they're not doing that well. So one of them looks like it has termites. And what I'm wondering is if the bottom of it, you know, the trunk of it, say, is really dried out and the bark is peeling, but the top of it is still green, although looking shriveled, is there a way to save it? Well, termites really only, they only put nest up on the side and exterior of saguaros. They don't eat into them unless they die. So they're not going to be feeding. And the termites, even though you see the mud on the side of the tree, is not going to harm a saguaro at all. So that part is fine. Um, You know, if you want to help a saguaro this time, and actually when they get the bark on the bottom and it gets coarse and rougher, um, as they get larger, more mature, that's pretty normal too. Um, what we worry about is if they're ever oozing anything or soft or, or kind of turn like a browner color, then that's when you have a sign of like a, a bacterial infection, and that, that can be a problem for them. But just in okay, general, so if you that's have my other one. Yeah. So in general, if you have the ones that just aren't looking as good, you know, if you'll water them about once every two or three weeks in the summertime and even mm-hmm. fertilize them, it'll make a huge difference in their life. And do I fertilize them with what? Anything you have at home. You could throw a little bit of 21714 lawn fertilizer, miracle Grow, 101010. Um, okay. But just just an extra irrigation or two, you know, two or three in the course of a summer will make a big difference to them. We've had awfully good weather for them the last year. I mean, going back to the beginning of monsoon season last year to today has been wonderful saguaro weather. A couple of years ago, though, we had some really dry, hot heat that did give them some problems. In fact, a lot of them succumbed to the heat. Yeah. No, I kept mine for during that time. So the other one does have these long black slits, and I thought it could be bacterial. Is but it, I don't think I see anything, anything oozing. Okay. So, yeah, as, long, as, long, so. as long as the flesh is hard, you know, go out and just you know, wrap on it a little bit in between the thorns. And as long as it's hard and firm, it shouldn't have any problem. All right. Very good. Thank you so much. Thanks, Eve. Bye-bye. Happy Sunday. Uh-huh. Bye. Uh, EJ and Surprise, good morning. Good morning, sir. Hi, EJ. 
Hey, look, uh, I have a full-grown citrus tree, oranges, and it's really tall. It's probably about 20 years old. Is there a problem if I cut that thing in half to make it a smaller tree? Uh, No, not at all, but this isn't the right time of year for that. Okay. When should I do that? Next year, about the 1st of March. 1st of March. March or August? March. Okay, so you. Uh, one more question. You had mentioned I uh, have a neighbor with palm trees and the seeds fall down, and you had told me to encourage them to cut those, to cut the palm trees after a certain date. And I think a- you said a- after, April. The, after the Fourth of July. Okay, and and this okay. year I would probably wait wait until about the third week of July. Because we've been so cool, you may have more flowers come out. So with Mexican fans or date palms or California fans, um, they're going to put their seed heads all out, you know, in the spring and into the early summer. And that process is almost completed and typically by the 4th of July. But this year, because we've had such cool weather, I would give it an extra couple weeks. So now's definitely just not quite yet the time to prune them. And if you wait a couple more weeks, get in there about the third or fourth week of July, you prune them once a year, and you have absolutely no litter. Really? Mm-hmm. Cool. So when you prune that citrus tree back, EJ, next year, um, if you're going to put prune it back so much that the the wood and the trunk and branch are going to be exposed to the full sun, which you can do, you might want to seal the big cuts and paint it white uh, until it leaves back out. But we want to do that, you know, early in March or, you know, towards the end of February. We want to do that major pruning then because it's after a freeze and before it has a chance to have the longer days and more heat to sunburn the wood. So if you're going to take back the foliage so far that the wood's going to be exposed, you definitely don't want to do it this time of year. You want to wait and do it when it's cool so it can come back and protect itself. Cool. Got it. Beautiful. Thanks, EJ. Okay. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, Kelly in Phoenix. Hello, Kelly. Hello, Brian. Um, good morning. I love hearing your show. Thank you. I have a couple of questions. I have some gardenias. They're on the north side of the patio wall, and they, they do well, but they're not pretty leaves, so I'm thinking of transplanting them to a, a north side of the outside the patio wall, and it has some shade under a grapefruit tree. Is that okay for gardenias or not? You know, it's got to be really... Most gardenias are like, in the valley here, are vichai gardenias. Okay. And they're pretty temperamental in the summertime. So even if you did want to transplant them, I wouldn't do it now. I would wait until October. Um, October, okay. But if they've been there for quite a while, you might be better off just taking those out and putting in new ones. They might not transplant as easily. But if you are going to do it, I would wait till October. Okay, now I have a, a second question. Um, I have an air conditioning unit, a mini split, they call them, mm-hmm. that is in the patio area, too. And the plants that were in front of it aren't doing well with the warm air being blown on them. Is, is there a plant you recommend for that? Well, most of the desert types of things would do pretty well. You know, it depends on the size you want, but things like sage and Mexican bird of paradise and lantanas, you know, those are really heat tolerant plants that shouldn't be bothered much. Okay. Lantana would fit the area well, so that would work. Okay. All right. Well, God bless you, Brian. I so appreciate your show and you. Thank you for your, and your crew's wonderful. Thank thank, you. Thank you, Kelly. Have a fine Sunday. Bye-bye. You too. God bless. Bye. Uh, Suzanne and Tempe, good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Very clearly. Okay. Um, I have, um, I'm calling about a hanging cactus and Mm -hmm. 
it has very long trailings on it and stuff. And normally when it blooms, it has multiple, I don't know what it's called. It was a gift. I have no idea. But it had a lot of very pretty red flowers. Some would fall off and it would produce new ones. Um, my question is, should I be fertilizing this? Because I got very few flowers this year. Well, you can. I mean, you know, it's pretty limited being in a container if you don't fertilize it at all. But what you might try is a fertilizer called Osmocote. And Osmocote's Os- a slow release, OSO. Okay. Osmocote. Okay, so it's a slow release fertilizer you can put on. And it'll last for about 60 days in the container. And it'll give you a little constant feed. And it would probably be very, make that cactus very happy. Okay, well, like I said, it was so pretty last year, and it has bloomed, although I used to have it under a tree, and it seemed to do better there, but I had to remove the tree, so now he's hanging on my patio. He's under the roof, but he's getting more sun near than I think what he was getting underneath the tree. Well, yeah, so. it's a difference between having filtered light, you know, and, and so it, it does make a difference with the light as well, but the, but the fertilizer will help. Okay, okay, and one other question. I have a large uh, ficus, and it's starting to shoot out branches that seem to be heavy, uh, or limbs, not branches, but limbs. Can I cut some of those off so it makes the tree look more uniform this you can time do, of year? Yeah, you do? can do some balance pruning this time of year. It's not a problem. So if you want to prune some big limbs back to balance it, what you don't want to do is expose the wood to the sun. So if you're just going to prune it to balance it, that's fine. Uh, You just don't want to prune it back so much that the sun comes and hits the wood. Okay. No, it's pretty thick, but there's areas where it's shot out, you know, a foot and a half, two feet, and it looks weird because, you know, it's not in balance anymore. Well, you you know. Some some of us get haircuts once a year, others every week. But, you know, <laughs> um, if you want to prune it back and shape it a little, it's fine. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your info. Appreciate your show. Thanks, have Suzanne. A good day. You too. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Charles and Ellen, then you could be next. All you have to do is give the lovely Shira a call. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. For the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, we're here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM. KTAR. That stands in the corner where the barrels are straight. I looked out the window and over the gate. The big fat rabbits are jumping in the grass. Wait till they hear my old shotgun blast. Shotgun boogie. I done saw your track. Look out, Mr. Rabbit, when I cock my hammer back. Well, over on the ridge is a scaly bark. Hickory nuts are big, you can see them in the dark. The big fat squirrels, they scratch and they fight. I'll be on that ridge before daylight with a shotgun boogie. All I need is one shot. Look out, bushy tail. Tonight you'll be in the pot. Now, just a reminder, this isn't the time of year to eat squirrels and rabbits in the desert. We have to get them in the wintertime. Those months with the R's and things like that. Anyway, welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We'll get right back to the phones. Uh, next up, oh, what's, what's he going to do with that pretty girl? It's Tennessee Ernie Ford. Charles, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Yes, sir. Um, I, I have a question about, uh, is it possible 
that a willow acacia, a large willow acacia, and an olive tree, a large olive tree, would would choke out. I've been trying to plant uh, limes and figs uh, multiple times around these trees, but they always die, or they die back, or they just don't thrive. Are the are the roots coming in and choking them out? Well, it's probably more the shade, Charles. How far away are they from the uh, citrus and things you're trying to plant? Yeah, so it's it's not it's not the sun problem because they're on the south side of these trees and there's plenty of sun. Okay, so um, and they and they can have some pretty aggressive root systems and they can come in and grab some extra water. Um, what size trees are you planting? Small, uh, you know, fifteen gallon. Yeah, fifteen gallons should be big enough to you know kind of fend for itself. I mean, a five gallon have a rough time, but um, I, I think you might just have to give your uh, your citrus and things some more care. It's still a good time to plant citrus. I wouldn't plant figs until fall, but um, you okay. know that being said, there, there's no reason now. You know, young citrus should be watered probably at least weekly. Where are you located across streets? Um, I am right off of South Mountain, so it's a Kalachi, rocky soil. What, what cross streets uh, by South Mountain? Oh, oh, Elliott and 44th Street. Okay. Um, yeah, so, you know, probably want to water twice a week on the new ones up there. And you want to keep them on a regular fertilizer program, but I don't think the acacias are going to hurt them in the long run. Okay. Okay. I have another question. Um, I have a sweet acacia that uh, I'm trying to grow uh, big, and it has a lot of suckers on it. Mm-hmm. And I've just been keeping them on there, thinking that they will help uh, with the trunk, the size of the trunk, and the overall health of the plant. Is that is that accurate? Well, you know, what you might even do with them is, is if you leave the suckers on, just cut the ends of them off so you have some foliage there to protect the wood. Okay. But don't encourage okay. the suckers to grow. And then with a sweet acacia, if you want it to grow fast, you just have to turn the water on, never turn it off. So <laughs> if you put a sweet acacia up there in the hill where you're at, and if you put some fertilizer with it and let a hose drip on it from now till, um, oh, the end of August, you know, it can yeah. grow six to 10 feet. Oh, wow. Okay. But it, it likes a lot of water and it, uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty well desert adapted tree. I mean, it'll grow pretty well without having a tremendous amount of water, but for speed, water's the key. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brian. Thanks, Charles. Bye-bye. Uh, Ellen and Chandler. Good morning, Ellen. Yes. Good morning. I have a question I've asked before years ago, but my Palo Verde tree is now 20 years old. It's doing fine. Wondered because of all the dry, or the lengthy dryness that we've had, if I should be giving it any water or a drink of water. Well, you know, pretty much for larger desert trees and more mature ones, 20 years old things, is it a, a like a thornless Palo Verde or is it a native one, like a blue or a foothills Palo Verde? No, it was the native. Okay. So the native Palo you know, they, they're certainly not hurting at all for water this year. You know, this year we've had plenty of rain and cooler temperatures. Yes. But if you want to water a Palo Verde or Ironwood or something or a big mesquite, you know, if you'll water it right now with the beginning of this heat and mm-hmm. then maybe two more irrigations for the summer, mm-hmm. it, it will love you. Yeah, I I would think so. It yeah. you know frustrates me that we haven't had any rain, and I know that I've lived here a long time, and I doubt that we're going to get too much more. At this well, point. you know, if we get those hot temperatures, that's what brings our moisture in. So yes, you know, yeah. one hundred twelve, hundred fifteen, hundred eighteen. That's that's when mm. our monsoon shows up. Well, should I wait 
Well, <laughs> but, but we know the temperatures are going up right now. So if you want to be kind to it, go ahead and water it this yes. week, you know, yes. and it okay. shouldn't need water again until, uh, you know, the first of August. And if we have rain, then it doesn't need that. Yes, exactly. Oh, it's hung on very, very well. And it's it's a perfect tree for the shade. So I will give it a drink of water. It will love you, Ellen. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much, Brian. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Lily and Awatuki, then Ron and Gilbert. Then we've got three lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Lily. Good morning. Um, I have some sweet potatoes growing in an above-ground garden, and there's something eating the leaves. And I was just wondering if there was something organic I could do so nothing would eat the leaves. Well, if you look and see if it's grasshoppers or caterpillars, you can use BT, like Brian Thomas, um, which is a bacteria thungensis. So it's a bacteria that's toxic to the uh, caterpillars, but safe even for the you know the critters that would eat the caterpillars. So that's a really good one. And, uh, you know, we've seen a lot more crickets and, and grasshoppers on things this year, and that would work for those as well. Okay. Because um, we eat the leaves, and I haven't seen any caterpillars or grasshoppers up there. Okay. Have you seen any insects on them at all? Or? Just little tiny flies or bugs. Yeah, I'm not sure what else would be feeding on them, but um, th- that, is, that is something that's 100% safe. I mean, you could take the leaves. I, w- I would wash them before I'd eat them anyway, but um, that right. would be 100% safe. But it's not going to be effective on other insects. It's going to work strictly on caterpillars and grasshoppers. Okay. Well, I can try it and then see. Well, good luck, Lily. Thank you. Bye-bye. Next up, we've got Ron and Gilbert. After Ron, it's wide open. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTR for the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM, KTAR. Hi, Ron. Hey, Brian, how are you doing this morning? Oh, it's, you know, this is the best studio because I can get, come in here and daydream and look at the mountains I used to climb on many moons ago. Yeah, I hear you. I'm dealing with a little puppy here, so um, he's a destroyer. But the uh, reason why I'm calling is I had called, a, uh, say, a year and a half ago about a dwarf orange tree that I had purchased from Lowe's. I had purchased a dwarf orange and a dwarf lime. Um, Dwarf, the dwarf lime is only about nine feet tall. It's it is, it's maximum, I would think. Now the orange, <laughs> it's a different uh, different thing. It's about let's say twenty feet tall and uh, ten feet wide. So it definitely isn't a dwarf, I would imagine. Is that true? Well, probably neither is the lime. Oh, really? No. Um, well, the lime is half the size of this dwarf orange. And, and now, how, how, how many years? Things. How many years ago did you plant them? Oh man! Oh, uh, at least two, if not two and a half years ago. Well, it sounds like they're both um, growing pretty fast. I had sent you a, a picture of the lime, or I mean the lemon. Excuse, oh, mm-hmm. excuse me, the orange, and you thought they were uh, uh, maybe a, a lemon. Um, now, the dwarf orange has bared fruit now uh, twice. Uh, and uh, the very first season, it was not as great as it is now, but uh, the the oranges were very sour and bitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now it's it's produced again. 
and there's oranges all over the tree, and I'm expecting them to be bitter again. How long would I have to wait uh, as far as uh, bearing cycle? Would this thing be uh, producing some sweet oranges instead of really bitter, sour ones? Well, do you cut it down and plant a new one? Um, no, we we actually like it. It's it's very healthy looking. Well, and, I know, but it's um, it's probably probably what it is is like a sour orange rootstock growing up, or it huh. could even be a, a lemon um, rootstock growing up with a uh, you know a lemon rootstock that's a trifoliar, a different variety that's going to have um, you know sour lemons on it. Number um, one, an, or, an orange tree, any orange tree that's on the right rootstock should be much slower than the lime tree. Okay, so if it was mm-hmm. grown on a sour orange or a C thirty five or one of those rootstocks, it would be a lot. Uh, yeah, so it, it's uh, probably either a macrophylla lemon or a sour orange, and so it's going to produce yeah. the same fruit year after year for as long as it grows there. It's never going to change. Okay, because I've heard from you know, of course, Lowe's where I bought it from, and they said it was a dwarf, and that wasn't true. It turned out to be, you know, much more than a dwarf. They're saying, well, every uh, year it should get sweeter and sweeter. Well, that's a good thought. Um, it's, it, it, I'd, I'd stay with that thought, but this is probably not reality. You know, we, we can have our own dreams and you're, we're all entitled to them, you know, and we have our own. And, and, and there, there's alternate things are right out now with, you know, the new computer stuff they can generate and have you say all kinds of different things. But the reality is, is that, that tree's not going to get any better. UV3. Okay, another, my other question is um, a cherry tree. Now, I, I wanted to, I, I, I planted one about, I mean, almost four years ago, and it just burned up in the sun. It was in full sunlight um, uh, here, and it just never produced, and I ended up taking it out. Um, I saw some at those again that have three different types of grapes on, or cherries on them. Ron, um, do you have a cabin somewhere up north? <laughs> no, I don't. Okay, then you're not growing cherries. Okay. It's not a, this, this isn't this cherry climate. climate. It's, not no, it's, it's not. No, it's not the best fruit for, for cherries. Even if I give it a lot of shade on, let's say, the side of the house, still you, wouldn't do? You know, you're, you're welcome to your own reality. You can dream, you know, oh. and well, you can dream just, a little I'm, dream I'm for me. Advice, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It's not I mean, going to happen. You, you know, you can grow nice peaches here, you can grow apricots, you can grow plums, but cherries, yeah, you, there are a few cherries yeah, around yeah. town that may or may not produce, and, you know, there's it's kind of the jury's still out on them, but in general, the answer is that you're probably not going to have any, any luck with a cherry here. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you talk to the pimple-faced kid, you know, at Lowe's in the nursery that's probably all of 18 years old. And, uh, he's oh, well, no, no, I'm, I'm, not, not, I'm never here to criticize <laughs> a young person. I, I started working at the nursery, you know, whenever I was 12. So, and I, and I was fairly knowledgeable on some things by 14. But, uh, and then there's a lot of things I still don't know. But uh, the reality, okay. the reality is, is that I do have a little experience with citrus and stone fruits, and uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're not getting very good advice. And perhaps you ought to come to Whitfield's. You know, I, I pay for and sponsor the program, and I'll sell you a tree that well, I guarantee you'll have good fruit on it. Well, this is why I'm calling you, Brian, because uh-huh. you know the, the pimple face kid wasn't working the day I went in there. <laughs> you know, last time at those. So, well, we got some young <laughs> people too, and I, that's the, I'm not not here to demean the, the young man that's working there, and, and he'll learn. 
But uh, <laughs> come in and see us. We'll get you a tree that'll have good fruit. I got to let you go because we have Mr. John Roller in the studio here with the news. And it's so nice being back working with John today. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear a word to say it. Only the echoes of my mind. People stop and stare at me. San Diego, skipping over the ocean in that cold water when it's going to be 110 here. But, uh, hey, we could always skip down to the river and go tubing, too. It'd be a good day to go tubing. And I guarantee you the pools are going to be warm enough to swim in after this week. Anyway, welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We'll get right to the phones. And uh, Pam in Sun Lakes is next. We have Pam, Brian, and Hans, and then it could be you. The number call is 602-277-5827. Hi, Pam. Good morning. Um, I have two small, maybe seven, eight inch roselle hibiscus. They have about eight leaves on them each. The stem is quite strong. I guess it's a two inch pot that they're in or a two inch thingy. And I would like to put them in a backyard that faces north with block wall on the north, east and west side. Somewhere. Okay. Well, they're going to want, you know, at least a half a day sun minimum. Okay, so facing south, they'll do well. Facing east, they'll do well. Facing east, so on the west side? or well, On the west side of the wall, so they'll be facing east, right? So that way they'd be shaded by the wall from the afternoon sun and have full okay. morning sun, okay? Or on the north side, where they're facing south, they would do well. Okay. Now, when we're planting real small containers like that this time of year, what you're going to want to do is you're going to have probably water them every day for a while until they get established. Would I be better to put to transplant them to a larger pot and wait till that might be easier for you to put them into a larger container and just keep them on the patio until uh say like mid September then plant them out there excellent thank you definitely wouldn't plant them out there today Pam <laughs> no <laughs> all right no and um I hope you're not driving a Ford Explorer to the mountain no I'm not driving a Ford Explorer I've got my my dodge truck <laughs> Excellent. Well, stay safe. Enjoy. Take care, Pam. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Brian in Phoenix. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Brian. Enjoying the show. Question. I have uh, a couple of tomato plants. Um, they're bumper crop, but um, most of them are splitting, I, and I can't figure out why. Well, you're going to get a lot of splits this time of year as the weather changes, especially because when it gets hot in the afternoon, they stop growing. Then we get cooler weather, they start to grow, you get splits. And that doesn't mean that they're not edible. And um, 
It's just kind of a phenomenon that happens with the, with the temperature changes that we've been having. You know, we've had some really nice morning temperatures even today. And, uh, but then it's getting so scorching hot in the afternoon that, uh, the plants really, the, the rind kind of gets set on those tomatoes. And then as they start to, you know, take on moisture, get happy again, they'll split. What you might want to do with them is put like a 50% shade screen on the west side of them this time of year. And that might help moderate it some. Okay, well, it gets shade in the afternoon from about two o'clock. Okay, on. and that's fine. That, that, that's, that, that sounds like an ideal location for them this time of year. Okay, well, I appreciate the information. Love the show. Have yeah. a great weekend. And enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the tomatoes. They still test, taste better on the garden, though they might not be as pretty. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Bye bye. You know, my favorite thing for tomatoes is to take them in home and, and set them on the counter and let them just dehydrate for a week first. And I think they're just even better yet. Hans in Phoenix, good morning. Hey, Brian, how are you doing? Oh, enjoying the morning, Hans. How about you? Uh, good. I have a, a question for you. It's a little late now. What could I have done to my uh, Mexican uh, or Texas Avenue? Because they're full of boards and mm-hmm. some of the holes are the size of a pencil. What could I have done? Well, the, the main the main thing is health and vigor. So had uh-huh. they had more water, okay, and maybe a yeah. little more fertilizer, they wouldn't have been as stressed. And when they're okay. when the trees are stressed is when the boars attack. And the tree's natural defense mechanism is to drown them in stat, sap. And um, so that's sometimes you'll see a hole go in and the sap come out. And that's the yeah. tree trying to fend for itself. Now, if they're pretty riddled up, which which is may still even do, is pick up some systemic insecticide. It's got an active right. ingredient of an imidacloropid, and you can water that in around the base of the tree, and it goes mm-hmm. into the tree's system and makes them toxic. And at the same time, if your tree's really hurting this time of year, I would go ahead and fertilize it now and really up the water. Yeah. Okay. And it might grow back yeah. out of it. I mean, they can they can do some pretty nasty damage, but the ebonies do want to recover. You know, they're a tree yeah. that ranges from like the Rio Grande Valley in South Texas. So they're accustomed to a lot more humidity and, and mm-hmm. rainfall than what we have. So they do just need more water here than some of our other desert trees. Okay. And I also have a comment. I heard you talk to a lady that uh, her sweet potatoes were eating up. I had the same problem here in my front yard. I noticed the rabbits had a ball. They, <laughs> yeah. eat, they ate the heck out of it. Well, I, I, I think hers were some kind of an insect, but, you know, we right, all, we all right. like potatoes, and sweet potatoes are, are, are quite good. <laughs> Yeah, but these are the potatoes, the green or some of the purplish color. Oh, yeah, the apomia, the regular, yeah, the ones that we use for the ornamental sweet potatoes. Not the added one. Right. All right, sir. Well, thank you very much, then, for your comments. Thank you, Hans. Have a nice day. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Let's see. Next, we have Brenda and Gilbert. Hello, Brenda. Hi, good morning. Um, I have raised garden boxes. Um, This year, I have lots of squash bugs, two different kinds. I am already having to pull um, some things out of my garden, uh, especially my Armenian cucumber. I already pulled it out because it was just, it was ruining everything. What can I do to my boxes this summer when I pull everything out to make sure those bugs go away? Because I've heard that they can like hang out in those boxes until well, you can solarize them, Brenda. I mean, you know, the, the, this is a perfect time to solarize a garden. So if you're going to, you know, end it for the season, um, what you'd want to do is just water it and cover it with black plastic. 
and uh, it'll easily hit temperatures, you know, of over 120, maybe 130 if it's in full sun. And by solarizing it, leave it covered that way for a month, uh, it'll kill, you know, pretty much any kind of an insect in there, completely grubs, anything that happens to be in the soil. That soil temperature will get hot enough. So you want to put some moisture in there. Okay. Okay. And so it's going to basically cook and it's going to be an oven and just get some black poly and just run it right over it all the way to the ground. And uh, if you want it even to be better, just throw some dirt around the outside edges in the ground or some blocks or something to hold the plastic down and leave it for a month. And by solarizing, it'll, it'll kill, you know, a lot of things. All right. I'll do that. One more question about my fig tree. So I have a, I don't know what kind of fig tree it is. I call them blonde because they're green Mm -hmm. but there i had a beautiful crop this year and this happens every year i've had this tree for many years i have a beautiful crop in spring and then right when they're starting to get ripe another crop starts growing on there but then they just get probably quarter size they get hard and they drop off what kind of fig tree is that that does that well it's a different i'm not sure which one there's a lot of different figs i mean there's over 100 varieties of figs and the one that does that the least in the future would be like a black mission. It really does take the heat here better. But uh, how is the foliage whenever it is, is, are the little fruit, are they actually being exposed to the sun and burning? Is the foliage oh, still pretty good? No. The tree? My, my fig tree is beautiful. I, we uh-huh. cut it back like crazy last year and thought, you know, but it came back in like full force this year. Oh, I yeah, that's, so many that's, that's that the way to do them, yeah. <laughs> ridiculous but it's done this ever since i've had that fig tree it doesn't have two crops a Mm -hmm. lot of trees i know have a spring and a fall this one has a spring and then while it's getting ripe a little another crop grows on it it goes about like i said about quarter size Mm-hmm. Hard as a rock, they just fall off. I don't know what that's all about. Well, the, the, tree is totally yeah. healthy. And there's a lot of different varieties of figs. And they don't all, you know, I mean, figs can grow, you know, all the way from New York State to here to the Pacific Northwest. And so figs have been in production for over 5,000 years. And so it's one of the oldest propagated trees. And there's a lot of different cultivars. And they don't all do equally well. Okay. So it's just that that tree just has that personality. Yes. Yeah, so you just have to enjoy them when they're good. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Brenda. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, We're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have a line available. A number to call, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Give us your tired week, and we will make them strong. Bring us your far on songs, and we will sing.
Take a minute and invite you out to the nursery. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. Started with my grandparents uh, with mostly citrus trees, continuing now for four generations. And we specialize in trees of all sizes from 15 gallons to 72-inch box. If you want to put in a tree and if it's been a little hot through the last few years and you haven't got around to it, at Whitfields, you can buy time. Yes, we have trees at our farms. We've been growing for the last 20 years or more. And you can put a tree in big enough to have instant shade. We have beautiful palms. In fact, we're Arizona's largest grower of landscape palms. Palm trees from date palms, Mexican fans, California fans, exotic mule palms that look like coconuts that kind of love our heat. Whatever your dream for that perfect landscape, come out and see us. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe. Or 264070 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Woodfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Uh, Back to the phones, John and Phoenix. Good morning. So the question is, if you're in the grass during the summer, should I water it in the morning or should I wait until it's dark and then water it then? Well, you probably are the most water efficient in watering at the coolest hours of the day. And the coolest hours of the day typically here in the valley are just before sunrise. So, you okay. know. That's that's going to be the most efficient time. And what's even more critical when you're watering your lawn, John, is to make sure you're putting on enough water to get deep penetration. So you want to put on about an inch of water at a time and then shut your system down. Take a screwdriver out and push it in the ground. When it's dry, it'll be hard to push in and water again. But even at 110 degrees, that's probably about once a week. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you, sir. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, Richard in Phoenix. Hi, Richard. Good morning, Brian. Um I recently put in uh, two 24-inch box red oleander trees, and I'm wondering um, how should those be watered, or can can I feed them? Should I feed them? Uh, Where do you live? What cross streets? Uh, Near Bell and Tatum. Okay. So you have pretty good soil in there. Um, A minimum of once a week. You could water them twice if they're brand new. Okay, and it might, you might be better to eye on the, you know, air on the side of being wet in light of the fact we're going to have this heat. And I wouldn't fertilize them this week um, because of our extreme temperature. But as soon as the monsoon starts, so when it gets really miserable and the nighttime temperature is going to stay up and the humidity comes up, you can go ahead and feed them then. Okay, and then um, when, when it comes to the watering, um, they're on a, a mid, those adjustable emitters, mm-hmm. which I think are somewhere between five and ten gallons per hour. Okay, so um, they should have a well on them if you put a new twenty-four inch box or twenty-five gallons. They should have a well on them yeah. about three foot in diameter. Okay, okay, and so you want okay. to get that water uh, as wet as the well is. Okay, and down to a depth of okay. about two and a half feet. Okay. Okay, and, and would, you, would you say that, well, I guess that depends on how much water you put out at a time, but you, would you say right now they're on for three hours twice a week? 
and that's on the, that's on the wet side, you know. But it's it's okay with an oleander to be on the wet side right now because they're new, and because right. they're going to face reality that's going to happen this afternoon and the rest of the week. So that that you're not going to overwater them and hurt them. Okay. okay. And, and if you're and putting, what, putting on 30 gallons of water, say with that emitter, um, twice a week, that's not going to hurt anything. Okay. And what's their, what's their blue? Is their bloom? It seems like they're blooming now, but then uh, do they reset and they, bloom? They cycle, they cycle in and out. They'll have blooms on them about six months a year on the red ones. Okay. Well, thank you for the advice, Brian. Thanks, Richard. Have a nice weekend. Happy Sunday. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Rick and Mesa. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Brian. Uh, thank you very much for taking my call. I, um, Your show last week, you were talking to a gentleman about his uh, grapes, and you were just about to talk to him about fertilizing them when you had to take a, a hard break. Oh, okay. And I wanted to get that information, but also I wanted to ask you about um, a couple of years ago, I started doing you know, what you recommended about uh, as far as trying to get the grapes to grow and mm-hmm. bagging them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to check, it's been so mild this year, how long you'd recommend uh, leaving them on before taking them down? Well, you know, you really have to protect them from the birds as they ripen, okay? We have a lot of grapes on ours right now, and we actually give most of ours to the birds. But I have a friend who's, a you know, Grows wonderful grapes, and um, and he makes his into wine and grappa and all kinds of fun things, and uh, so he's a lot better at caring for his. He actually nets over the top of all of his way as a stretch in the backyard, and keeps the birds away that way. So you can either net over the vines, or you can you can. Um, you know, bag them with like a paper bag over the vine, over the, the clusters of grapes too. Either one will work fine. Something to hide them from the birds, or the birds are going to get them. You know, all the thinning uh-huh. and all those processes should have already been completed right now. So we're not going to do any mechanical pruning or anything that's going to help our grapes this time of year, as far as making any bigger than what's on the vines. Most varieties, like Flames and Thompsons, are getting pretty close to maturity. But to keep the birds and animals away, you could just take a large paper bag and a rubber band and hide them, and that's fairly effective. And then you just let them stay on the vine until the sugar content gets up to the quality you enjoy. Okay. Okay. And as far as fertilizing um, them, um, you know, real hot like right now is not probably a great time to fertilize them. But if you want to build bigger vines, how old are your vines, Rick? Oh, they're like 10 years or more. Okay, so they're 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 big mature vines. So there's not really a lot of reason to have to feed them this time of year. If they're looking kind of peaked and you want to have them a little happier and get a bigger crop next year, you could give them like some manganese, zinc and iron, you know, kind of the the minor elements, not so much nitrogen and you can give them that in August and that will help them some. And then you want to, you know, fertilize them before they come out in the spring. And to get the best quality grapes, it's really a lot about the pruning. So you're going to your pruning process. You just kind of let them rest in the fall, prune them in January. But when you prune them, that's how you're going to get the best quality grapes. Should I be pruning back those big, long? I mean, I've got uh, not now because every, every everything you're building right now is feeding those grapes that are on the vine. So you don't want to prune them this time of year. I mean, when you said when you would prune. Oh, no, no. Yeah. When you, when you prune them. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Call me in January. We'll talk about grape pruning. and We're going to massacre them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Quickly. We're oh. out of time. I just wanted to thank you. I've got three great red push pistache. Uh, one's almost as tall as the, the top of the two story house. 
gray shade to keep that pool cool at this time of year. Yeah, don't just, just, don't don't, don't have that tendency to give him more water this time of year. Once a week's plenty. Okay. Thanks for the call, yeah. Rick. Okay. Bye-bye. And appreciate all the calls today, folks. I'll take uh, everybody else off the air. Hope you enjoyed the program and enjoy each other, you know, and uh, that Willie Nelson song, Living in the Promised Land. We have so much in this country to share, but mainly to celebrate. We can celebrate our diversity, you know, living in a place like Arizona where people lived here for thousands of years and welcoming immigrants as they welcomed us. You know, this place has been part of Spain, part of America's, but, you know, there's only one America that goes from Canada to Argentina. And uh, we'd like to even welcome those people from Africa and Europe here. Hey, y'all have a good weekend. We'll be back next week with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Come out and see us at the nursery. It's a great time to plant desert trees, citrus, and palms.